So the Boston Celtics just beat the 76ers in a game five thriller. 112 to 114. And I gotta say, that was a fantastic game. Superb coaching to Brad Stevens. Credit to Brett Brown. Credit to Simmons, to Embiid, to Dario Saric. My lord. But welcome to the Bench Warmer Post, where I, Anika Med, your host, will delve into the playoffs, trade offs, trades, tank offs, I said trades twice, and any off court drama. So, you know, banana boat news and anything else. You name it, I'll cover it. So, welcome to episode four, guys. And I just finished watching the, uh, Celtics and Sixers game five and man every single time I see Ben Simmons on the baseline it just it just seems as though like I feel like he should at least try shooting it but I know his jumper is broken and that's really a liability in the Sixers you wouldn't think so mainly because they have JJ Redick, Dario Saric and Embiid at certain times to shoot the three now not having a star player well Embiid can shoot it don't get me wrong but you know he's more effective in the post um before I could get into like Simmons deficiencies in terms of like shooting and whatnot, Embiid he went for 27 and 12 so 27 points and 12 rebounds uh, I gotta say though so <sighs> The last game, the one that the 76ers won, it seems as though like a lot of people were saying the NBA's raid, going all Aisha Curry. Remember when she tweeted during the, uh, two years ago at the finals when the Cavs won, and they basically like she basically made it a point that it's rigged in favor of LeBron. That's the point I'm making is that a lot of people they said that it was rigged towards the 76ers, and now I'm going on social media. People are saying, oh, no, nah, it's rigged for the Celtics. Like, I'm just thinking to myself, shut up, guys. It's not rigged for anyone if it's really like that. Yes, maybe Adam Silver, like, really wants to extend the series. I understand that. But the fact that, I guess, the 76ers got seven fouls within, like, the first few minutes of the fourth quarter, that's, that's a little insane. I guess you could say they're legitimate fouls. But my problem is not with the fouls that were called. It's just the fouls that were not called. I kept on looking at whenever Embiid would ever try to post up. Whoever was guarding him. Be it Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier. You know, even Jalen Brown sometimes. I could see him getting mauled. And it seems as though, like, he's not getting calls. A big man like that should be getting more calls. But that's one of my uh, complaints, I suppose. But back on Ben Simmons, Simmons, not Simmons, he needs, I understand that they have enough shooters on the 76ers, but I feel like Ben Simmons, and as everyone else does, he could be so much more versatile in terms of a scorer. Yes, he passes the ball. His extension on a hook shot is insane. And I love that guy for, for that specific reason. Granted, I don't like the 76ers mainly because of how... They've created a roster, but you have to give them credit where credit is due. Ben Simmons is a monster talent. 
he finished the NBA playoffs in his well his first playoff ex- uh, appearance with 16.9 points um uh, 9.3 assists and 7.3 rebounds that's nearly a triple double and this is only his rookie year I, I, that's, that's pretty great, <laughs> it's pretty great, I have to say, the 76ers are gonna be a force to be reckoned with next year, I'm not saying in a few years, I'm saying next year, the fact that they came to the semifinals, and yes, they, Brett Brown may have been outcoached by, uh, um, Brad Stevens, but man, the talent is there, I believe that if they retweak a little bit, decide what they're gonna really do with, like, I guess you could keep Justin Anderson. He's a, on a relatively cheap contract, I believe so. Dario Sark, TJ McConnell, those are guys that you should be willing to keep to keep the core together. But regardless, um, I genuinely feel as though that the Sixers are going to go to conference finals next year. And it scares me because of that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because of the fact that it's like they have so much talent already. They they and they made it to the semifinals after being what twenty win team last year. No, a lottery team last year. One criticism though, I have to say, and everyone else is saying, and Ch- Charles Barkley literally just mentioned it on Inside the NBA just now. Why is the number one pick of this year's draft not playing at all? Markel Fultz needs the experience, and yes, everyone knows that his jump shot is broken, but that does not, not that does not mean that the kid cannot play. You put him in for only ten games towards the end of the season just to show people that, like, oh yeah, he's not doing that bad. But you don't put him, put him in the playoffs where they could have utilized him even more. I I don't get what the Sixers are thinking. Yes, I think actually they're being cautious with him, but. Man, I think it's just a wasted opportunity, as does many other people. Like, if the number one pick does not get any reps, that kind of destroys his own confidence. The kid's young. He's young as hell. And the fact that, like, he's not getting playing time during the most crucial part of any NBA player's career, the playoffs, I I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. But that being said, Ben and uh, Joel, they played great. Granted, I really wish Embiid um, would actually make that lay-in towards the end. I think that would have made all the difference. Um, I think uh, Shaq and Ernie, they just said that. They wish J.J. Reddick could have made that three instead of just breaking it. But, you know, it's hit or miss. He did make that last three, which put them, uh, I guess... Was it like behind two or behind? They were one point behind. It was like one twelve to like one eleven with that three made. That was an insane three. That was pretty great. Um, what else can I say? Uh, well, now I actually want to go back to to Celtics. Talk about them. Oh wow, Game of Zones. But the TV's still on. I'm looking at it and. Looks like they have Game of Zones advertisements on. Whoever makes the show is probably like, wow, they're they're geniuses. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. They're geniuses for this. 
but I digress. Um, yeah, Boston Celtics. Let's go on that. So, without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward, uh, Tyus Jones is also injured. Um, who else? Who else? I cannot recall anyone else. That's my fault. But those are the main people that are injured. And they just made it back-to-back conference finals. Last year with Isaiah Thomas at the helm. This year with with Jason Tatum. With Jalen Brown. With Marcus Smart. With Terry Rozier. With, uh, um, with, uh, oh man, I keep forgetting his name. The center, the center, the center, uh, Aaron Baines, there we go. I really have not heard much about that guy until this year. And man, the way that he defended Embiid, Aaron Baines, he's going to be very much overrated by whoever takes him next after the Celtics. That's, That's what the Celtics do. They've done it with many of their other players beforehand. But, aside from that, uh, yeah, their whole squad is pretty great. They all complement each other really well. All I really have to say is that Brad Stevens is a great coach. If you could get this hogwash of a Celtics team to the conference finals, it's it's pretty damn amazing. You know, I'm I'm saying it. I'm gonna. I've said it before in my articles. And I've said it before in my previous episodes, but man, this kid, this guy, he's not a kid. He's relatively young in terms of like coaches, but this guy, he's he's going to become the next Greg Popovich if this really continues. The fact that he did not get any votes in the National Basketball Coaches Association is asinine. It's truly asinine. <laughs> Like, how? How is this man who brought this Celtics team to back-to-back conference finals? And again, they're going against the Cavaliers, who we all know is not because of the coaching. It's because of LeBron James. You know, when I did my Bucks piece, I said that they should hire a better coach. Now I'm thinking about revising that or just redoing another um, piece about the Bucks and instead of just hiring coach acquire talent better talent <laughs> because the fact that it remains is that without LeBron James the Cavaliers might be a low playoff seed in terms of like 8th or just be out of the playoffs talent but that's that only makes sense because because LeBron James is a 1 in a billion cha- uh, talents he's that great but aside the fact <sighs> Brad Stevens, his coach, his coaching methods are, I I truly have respect for him. I'm going to hate the Celtics next year, don't get me wrong. This year I only supported them because I really hated the Sixers, mainly because of their arrogance. But I believe this will be a humbling experience for the Sixers. But time will tell, see how that, far that goes. But on to the Sixers game plan, basically... So, like I said, Aaron Baines did a great job uh, defending Embiid in the post. Um, you know, he did what he could. But the switching that the Celtics did, the switching, is what kind of killed the 76ers on top of being in the loudest t- the TD Garden has ever been. You know, in, ga- in Game 5 pressure, 
they they came back. Don't get me wrong. They came back swinging. That was in part because I guess I would love to say is the key player to all to like their near comeback would be Dario Saric. Dario Saric is known as I guess you could say he could be a scrappy in a way. He's like that type of player where you're like, oh yeah, he's the first one in the gym and last one out. I, that's how I view him. That's how I guess some people do view him. A guy that just hits threes and defends decently. But this guy, he he's he played smart. Um, TJ McConnell didn't really do much. He didn't really affect the floor. I'll, I'll go back to Dario Saric, but you know TJ McConnell, he didn't really affect the game as much. He had some phenomenal passes. I will say when Simmons wasn't up to par. So I will say that. I keep going back to the Sixers. I hate this team so much that I analyze them a lot. But uh, where was I? Um, the Sixers, right. Embiid was a monster, you know. His shooting was, I feel like, was a little funky. But, you know, he had uh, Darius Arik and, um, I guess, Simmons to make up for that deficit. Uh, Covington wasn't, he, he still disappeared. Covington, he's great. He did well defending, but I, everyone was like really like focused on his Covington's three point shooting. That's what got him that big contract coming from the D league and developed. But I didn't see any of that in this series. It's like as if he disappeared and I have no idea what they're going to do with Robert Covington. Granted, they're probably going to keep him, but you know, I'm a little worried. Um, who else? Aaron Ilyasova, Ilyasova. You know, he had a couple uh, good games in this playoff series, but, you know, nothing substantial within this uh, series. In the Miami Heat series, he came up big, though, so I will say that. Well, he's a good vet to have. He's a good vet to have. Justin Anderson, he brings that grit and grind type of uh, veteran role player, you know. Same thing as, like, David West and whatnot. Um, he's, yeah. But all I have to say is that Darius Sark, Joel Embiid, and Simmons, you know, when Simmons wasn't, like, Simmons got a little bad with the turnovers late in the game. You know, I think that will come with experience. But personally, like, Ben did well. He handled himself decently yeah sure he had like that horrible game where he was like he had like what two points donovan mitchell said that like oh it happens he'll bounce back and next thing you know donovan mitchell has like what three points in like a quarter you know but aside from that ben held himself well and be you know i don't Here's one thing I will say, though, is that even though I'm focusing on the Sixers, it's not because of the fact that they lost. It's because of the fact I see the potential that's there. I am I really dislike the Sixers. I will continually say that. I like the fact that their team is going to grow from here. It's They're going to really grow. They're really going to... They're really going to show what they're worth in terms of the future. Um, whether they become like the new, uh, for comparison's sake, you could say Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, even though they're two completely different like dynamics 
in terms of like players. But whew, I'm really excited about the Sixers' future, but I'm really going to hate them. Well, let's finally go to the Celtics. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep flip-flopping back and forth, but, you know, what can I do? Jalen Brown, he had a great game. He was very solid shooting. Um, he was go- he was good defending. I'm not going to say great because there were some lapses. Like I said, the switches between def- defending the, play- the Sixers and whatnot, that was great. Brad Stevens did a great job making sure what were the good matches and what weren't. You know, Al Holford on Embiid, Marcus Smart on Ben. Like, those matchups, they're, they're pretty, like, good. Because no one on the Celtics is really a bad defender, per se. Everyone's pretty much decently aware of what they can do. Brad Stevens probably recognizes that, and realizes that like oh everyone could probably keep up with everyone else on the Sixers team there's no one that's really lacking um let's see Terry Rozier he hit a uh, game uh, a game buzzer beater not a buzzer beater what towards like the halftime uh Terry Rozier he's he's doing great and I only I only believe that Scary Terry is only doing this crazy because he's playing within Brad's system. If you really truly look at like the previous players that have played with Brad Stevens, such as um, Avery Bradley and Isaiah Thomas, name two. Oh, I, I guess you could insert um, what's his face? Center for the Heat. Center for the Heat. Center for the Heat. Ah, oh, I'm waking up. Kelly Olenek, 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 there we go. You could say that like, they dropped off a little bit, they regressed, and mainly because Brad's system was just that great to utilize each of these players to their fullest potential. And that's the great thing about the Celtics. They show off all of their players at their fullest capabilities. And when it comes time to make decisions such as trade, Trades and like free agencies and like whatnot. The fact that they have like all these like great, I guess, highlight reel of these great players who are only so great is because that Brad Stevens system really just makes them shine. That other teams will overvalue said players and overpay them or assign picks to the trades that. The Celtics basically have an eternal, I guess, like, flow of, like, picks and good contracts. It's kind of crazy to think about that the Celtics may have built their own dynasty once again. It's kind of crazy to really think that. I'm scared of the Celtics. As much as I rooted for them, I'm scared. I am truly afraid of what Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge will do in the future. I'm... Everyone's rooting for the Sixers now because they're the... Un- I mean, the, the Celtics now because they're the underdogs without the two best players. But the fact that Jason Tatum 
might be a superstar the way he's been playing, and he's a rookie. He's, the, do you, remind, remind, reminding everyone that's listening to this is that the 76ers traded up to get the first pick to pick Markel Fultz while the Celtics decided to trade down. Who, the Celtics had the number one pick, by the way, and then they traded down to G, get Jason Tatum. Just think about that for one second. The 76ers' first, first pick didn't even play. And yes, you could say that might be compensated about because of Ben and Embiid are there. But the fact that Jason Tatum is, I guess, tied with Donovan Mitchell now, he's probably going to ex- exceed this because, you know, Jason Tatum's going to the finals, I mean, conference finals. He's tied with Donovan Mitchell with seven games in the postseason with 20 points or more recorded for a rookie. I think, what, Rod Strickland has, like, the highest? Was it Rod Strickland or was it uh, Magic Johnson? I'm pretty sure it's Magic Johnson, actually. Rod Strickland, I'm thinking about the assist champion. But I digress. Jason Tatum, he's he's great. The fact that they have Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving coming back the next season, it, they're the new <laughs> they're gonna be the new Warriors. I guarantee it. Not the new Warriors, but like they're gonna be the new dynasty of the NBA. I'm not saying the 76ers aren't going to be. We have to see how Markel really pans out, but the Celtics are gonna be truly scary. They're everything that a front office wants, a franchise wants. If you really think about it, they're, they're one of the youngest teams ever right now. They have a, a what? Do they have a top three pick? No. They have the Nets pick, I think. And I think that's protected. No, it's unprotected. If it's in the top three, the Celtics get it. Um, And the fact that the Celtics, they were no one had them after Gordon. After literally the first few minutes of that first game of the season, Gordon Hayward like literally had that horrible injury. After Kyrie went down in what March, March April, the fact that they went down and yet they're still in the conference finals. And that they could get all these other guys who you would consider role players or a rookie and, you know, not like, I guess, like star players playing like stars. Jesus Christ, man, I'm scared about the Celtics. Because you have Terry Rozier, who really like, okay, so I looked up his stats. He's only been in the league for three years. And I'm pretty sure I mentioned this on my other episodes. He's only been in the, uh, the league for three years. His first year, he averaged 5.9 points. 5.3 or 5.9. 5.3 points a game for his first year. And in the regular season, he averaged 11.9 points. So basically 12 points. But in this postseason, he's been like averaging what? Like 15, 16 points a game? No, it has to be more than that. I'm just, I'm just spitballing right now. But the fact that like... He's playing like an all-star because he's Kyrie Irving's replacement. That's that's 
bro, that's insane. Marcus Morris is, is a great defender, by the way. Out of the Morris brothers, I would rather have him. And it shows that with Pratt Stevens systems, every single one of these players trusts each other to make a shot. Every single one of these players can defend anyone. And any single one of these players will switch or at least kick it. If they drive in, they kick it back out. They pass it around in order to get someone a good look. It may sound easy because, you know, Cleveland has their own system of doing it, but they run it through LeBron. The thing about the Celtics, though, is that they run it through everyone, including Aaron Baines, their center. Aaron Baines hit a couple of threes today. I didn't know Aaron Baines could have that potential, but a center could hit threes and defend the paint. That's, that's fantastic. They have a great situation going, and the fact that, like, they might potentially have a top 10 pick this year while developing like a potential all-star in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown while having Kyrie and Gordon who are proven all-stars already. It's like as if they have three, I mean four all-stars there. I know it's a little bit abrasive to say, but you would think after like seeing them play like this and seeing them what they have actually you would be scared too <laughs> um but on to the real topic do I think they'll beat the Cavaliers oh wait actually game 5 Ben's stats are 18 points 8 rebounds and 7 assists they just showed it up here on the TV so I just wanted to see what it was uh, TJ McConnell had 9 points 4 for 7 field goal range 5 rebounds 6 to 6 he's he's a great I would say he's a great player you know underrated but you know I I respect TJ McConnell especially if because they, they wanted to cut him originally in his rookie year but they decided not to uh, Embiid's at the uh, podium right now he's talking 27 points 12 rebounds 4 assists 4 blocks Oh, man, what a game, what a game. But, back to what I was talking about. The Cavaliers and the Celtics. Who do I think is going to win and take that series? And how long is that series going to be? You know, I, I I keep saying that Brad Stevens' system of coaching, where everyone switches... No one, like, lets up on defense. He gets his players motivated. He makes adjustments through the, throughout the game, you know, whether it he puts in Marcus Smart over... Uh, not Marcus Smart. He puts... Mar- Wait, is it Marcus Morris or Marcus Smart? Marcus Smart. He puts in Marcus Smart over Marcus Morris. And, you know, for, like, better defense and better spacing. Um... Regardless, like, the Celtics have talent. The Celtics, they have talent. I think their only advantage really against the Cavaliers is the coach. Um, that's the only thing I can really say. Uh, it was very smart of Brad Stevens to, like, try to get, um, Marcus Smart 
to miss that last free throw, but he still makes it anyway because they had because 76ers had no timeouts. If if Brad Stevens could do something similar, I think something something like that on the fly against the Cavaliers, Cavaliers could could have some trouble. But one thing I've learned today is that talent over coaching. Apparently, you take talent all the time. Granted, I believe that coaching is essential. It's crucial. But you can have a good coach and have a bad team. And I I don't know how I feel about that. Like a lot of people, they I post on social media and they say, oh yeah, you take talent 100%. You know, without talent, you don't have anything. And everyone uses LeBron James as an example, but he's a one in a billion shot of a talent. And I always refer to like, you know, good coaches or like good players on bad teams. You have like Giannis on the Bucks, who doesn't have a good coach. You wonder why they're not doing that well, because their coach is bad. And yes, I wrote that piece on the Bucks, but really, I don't know. I, I think it's 50-50, talent and coaching. Talent and coaching go hand in hand. There's no one or the other. You need to have both in order to have a championship team. The Warriors before Steve Kerr had Mark Jackson, who relatively had like all the similar players, and it didn't. It just did not gel well. They they did make it to what the second round, but then they got exited. Then they brought in Steve Kerr, he, who asked Andre Iguodala to be off the bench, who developed Draymond, who. Told Clay and Ky- uh, Steph, well, I was like Kyrie, to just shoot, um, switching and ball movement. He implemented all of those things. He made Steph a off, off ball, like you know, off, off, off ball movement offense through Steph. And look how well they are. So I don't know. Maybe like it's maybe you guys will disagree that it's always talent, but. I'm 50-50 on it. Uh, what else can I say? Oh, that brings me to my point. Do the Cavaliers have a shot to beat the Celtics? Yes, they do. Only because of LeBron James. That's the only reason why. LeBron James is a once-in-a-blue-moon type of talent. You don't see these talents that much and people are hailing Ben Simmons as the next LeBron which might be true you know in a few years we'll be looking back and say oh damn Ben Simmons is the next LeBron he's light skinned LeBron you know well we'll we'll probably even more say if LeBron does go to Philly towards like his own free agency this summer but aside from that you know what more do you want me to say I think Celtics have a decent shot. They could take the series to maybe six to seven games. But I don't know who's going to win that. Most likely Cavaliers, but for hedging bets. I would take the uh, Cavaliers seven out of ten times. But yeah. Brad Stevens is a great coach, and I want to see how he does against LeBron. He's already prepared for it, more guaranteed. 
I guarantee you this man is already preparing for it. I just want to see how LeBron's going to be prepared for it. He's just too good to actually be coached. Now imagine if LeBron was a coach. He's basically a player coach right now. Imagine if LeBron was an actual NBA coach. Would he coach his son's team, wherever his son gets drafted? (laughs) That'd be pretty funny. That'd be very funny. But I highly doubt that. Uh, what else would I want to say about this series? It was a great series, you know. Everyone had the 76ers as favorites. Celtics showed up, proved them wrong. And credit goes where credit goes. It's Brad Stevens. Simple as that. Brad Stevens is the one to really shake it up for the Celtics. Uh, many people have been saying, oh, should they fire Brett Brown, the 76ers? No, they should not. I keep mentioning this, but people are really stupid when it comes to that. Brett Brown is a fine coach. He was just outcoached this series. And, you know, his talent will develop better. So I'm excited. I'm excited. If there are second round, like, exit next year, maybe they should think about it. But right now, I don't, I don't believe so. Um, I think that's it. I really wish I could go more in depth, but I'm just, I'm, this is all in my head. I'm not, I have not written any of my notes down or anything like that. But, yeah, that's just all from the top of my head. Oh, right, Darius Sarek. He's a very patient player. I will say that. He will wait for defenders. Maybe he's trying to, he does a pump fake. The two defenders just jump on him. He waits for them to dip, and then he takes a shot. That's smart, and that's patient. Yarosarek is a key player in the 76ers. Watch out for that man. Watch out. Uh, aside from that, I've got nothing else to say, you know. Uh, this has been Anika Med from the Benchwarm Post. I will have a new article up soon, very soon, so be sure to check that out. And thank you for everyone's support, you know. From the bottom of my heart, I truly appreciate it. And now that I really figured out what I really wanted to do in terms of, like, a career, sports writing... I truly want to pursue it because for the longest time, I've been lost in my life. I'm 22 years old, in case if anyone's wondering, turning 23, and I'm just getting an associate's in criminal justice. My history of education is a long one, and my background, it's like, people have high expectations for like people, you know, of my race, I'm brown, so you could imagine like what kind of like p- things people want me to do, want to be like. But I'm happy that I'm doing this. I'm truly, I'm truly gratified that like I'm actually going to pursue this as a career, no matter how long it takes. I'm gonna do this. Maybe one day I'll be on ESPN, sitting with Zach Lowe. Or be on Deadspin with Kevin... Oh, not Kevin O'Connor's part with The Ringer, I'm sorry. But maybe I'll be with Kevin Arnovitz on Deadspin and whatnot. But I I hope I succeed. 
I and I want to thank all of you, whoever is listening to my friends, my family, stra- random strangers that like decide to look it up on Twitter. You know, thank you all for like supporting me right now. It truly means a lot. If you stuck by this podcast for a long time, it's not been an easy road, and it's only gonna get harder. But I truly want to do this. This is a Nika Med from the Benchwarmer Post. Follow me on Twitter as well. You know, I post daily. So, y'all enjoying that. But, um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Peace out.